Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney from Insights and Automation, and this is a show where I talk about what's new and exciting or what's new and happening in industrial automation. And I know saying exciting is kind of a stretch for some people, so what's happening? We'll go with that. In any case, I hope you're having a great day this morning. I'm going to check over and look at the studio board here. It looks like the audio is working okay. And uh, we had to tweak uh, the bitrate for one of the platforms we live stream to, but everything looks good on my side. Let me know in the chat if it's looking good on your side. And with that, let's go ahead and jump right in. And we'll start with a reminder that if you enjoy this morning series, please give us a like, a sub, and a share, because that is truly the fuel that keeps us coming back every morning. Uh, you know, I usually say it keeps us on the air, but um, that's what keeps us coming back is that there's people out there who find it valuable. So in any case, uh, here you can see the automationblog.com. And uh, I've updated the links up here too. If you look way up at the top here, the mini links at the, the top menu. So I've updated those so you can uh, find the news tip. You can find the follow link, the feedback, talk back link, and so on. So I've added those there. We often direct uh, vendors to the media guide if they want to know about sponsoring an episode. And uh, a lot of that will be getting overhauled at the beginning of the year. But in any case, uh, with that... I do also want to thank today's sponsor, which is Siemens. I want to thank them for sponsoring today's show. If you see anybody from Siemens, please thank them for making this episode ad-free and for sponsoring independent automation journalism. We really appreciate it. Here you can see the unified comfort panels. I know you can't see it, but that's the same unit that's above my head. And they are gorgeous, really are. So from there, we're going to go over to our first press release today. And this is from a lot's going on, right? SPS, right? So... This is a press release uh, about Siemens working with a couple of vision, machine vision companies, Basler and MVT or MV Tech. And I thought this was very interesting, especially that they're going to be coming out with a technology module for the S7 1500 to, um, so they can connect the Basler cameras directly to it. So uh, very interesting stuff. Also interesting, the edge, uh, environment that MV Tech software is going to be able to run on uh, inside of the Siemens ecosystem. So very interesting stuff there from Siemens and their partners on machine vision. We also had another very interesting announcement and, and I kind of focused in on this because I saw for uh, uh, there was a press conference. If you were following me at uh, Automation Fair, there was a press conference where they talked about generative AI. So that's AI used to generate content, right? And so that really piqued my interest because you could ask their AI, hey, create a motor control routine and it would give you the code for ladder logic as I, as I talked about in my live stream last week. Now, this week uh, we're seeing that uh, Siemens and Schaefer are talking about the same thing. They're calling it their industrial co-pilot. So a lot of these are based on Microsoft's co-pilot and Microsoft's uh, you know investment in open AI. And so you're going to start to see a lot of co-pilot terminology as everybody leverages, you know, a lot of these big industrial, uh, oh, I think almost all of them are partners with Microsoft. And so they're going to be leveraging Microsoft's co-pilot to create their own co-pilots for their specific industries, right? And so Siemens is calling, and Schaefer are calling this the industrial co-pilot. And I thought it was interesting, especially this paragraph here that talks about, you know, this is going to support engineers. So, you know, I think in the past, I mean, we all used help files and embedded videos and links in, a, in the software, right? In TIA Portal and Studio 5000 and in Code System and other packages. But um, I think what's interesting in this is, you know, if you ever tried one of those old uh, uh, 
bots, right? We, they were supposed to answer your questions. Most of them never worked really well. So this is kind of like the next generation, just like the uh, home speakers from uh, Amazon and Google were kind of like the next generation of, of and, and I should say Siri too, on, on like Apple. Um, they were the next generation of kind of like a voice assistant. This is kind of the next generation of help files and, and chat bots that are supposed to be extremely helpful. And just think about it, if you could do this inside of your programming software, instead of having to go, because most of these sites, you have to go to multiple different, and trust me, I do, I check them every day. You have to go to different places for the knowledge base, for the forum, for the manuals, for the downloads, right? For the updates, firmwares. And so having a smart bot that could do all of that, generative AI that could actually go and leverage all that information that these large vendors have, and then bring it to you quickly, kind of like what our voice assistants do for us in our personal lives. I think that would be great. So we'll be watching this space closely. I'm, I'm excited about this. Can't wait to see some of this uh, technology in the new year um, or even sooner if we, if we uh, get somebody on sooner. But from there, we go over to an exciting announcement for anybody using BNR products. They have a beautiful portfolio. I shouldn't say beautiful. They have just an excellent portfolio. If you've ever seen their, their line of products, automation products, it's pretty pretty amazing and up there with, uh, I would say, with many of the big players out there. But they just launched a, um, a new online community. So if you're a BNR user, you can check out this brand new community over at community.br-automation.com. So just a regular BNR uh, website with community dot at the front of it instead of www. And from there, we're going over to our featured product today. This is uh, the Automation School's Compact Basics course. I'm showing the level one and two course here, but I want to go back full screen. So I made a huge investment um, this year in new hardware for all these ultimate courses I'm filming. And I wanted to give you a taste of what's new for this. So these are all these products you see on the uh, workbench here. I did not own when I filmed the original version of my Control Logics, Compact Logics course. And so uh, from uh, left to right, we have, we do now own an L43 system. We have two ethernet cards and a control net card. And um, so I'm excited about that. This is a, a lesser known system. It was used a lot for a circus motion. And um, in any case, uh, we won't be adding motion just yet to any of the courses, but um, we do have that on hand. We also, I think I told you guys this, I picked up a, uh, a 5069 Ethernet adapter, so we can add that to the Flex IO and the Point IO we do. Have not seen any of the Flex before you ask. I have not seen any of the Flex 5000 affordably available on the, uh, either as a sample, because I never get samples from them, or from, um, from uh, on the used market. So we won't be covering that just yet, unless we borrow it, which we may end up doing. Also got an, uh, an L35E and an L35CR. I didn't think I was going to pick up one of these, but the price was right. Also got the original L20, the first Compact Logix ever. This is not the first one, but this is the first one ever released. We had an L30 for a while. We've actually got it set up in Studio B. We got it plugged into all kinds of stuff, um, but it's nice to have the L20. And then uh, we'll be able to add the, uh, we had an L31 sampled into us from, or, or donated to us from a viewer a while back. I want to thank that viewer and... Uh, uh, we'll be uh, filming hardware overviews on all of these uh, in the coming days to add to the ultimate. Uh, you'll start seeing all new courses, new videos uh, added to those ultimate courses oh, uh, as in the coming days. But I did want to just uh, provide an update for our folks. I again, if you are in, already enrolled in Compact Logics Level 1 and 2, which is still on sale, you will get this new course completely free. As a matter of fact, when you buy that course, you get this course, you're automatically enrolled in the new course. 
So with that, we go over to a new product from Baloof. And these are mini fork sensors. This is like a, a, a transmitted beam type of setup uh, for a photo eye. So a through beam, as some people call it. But these all feature a five millimeter slot and a pretty interesting stuff. It actually comes in multiple different uh, models, depending on how you have to mount it to your machine. Um, they all come with an IP64 rating and um, really bright LEDs. So you can tell if they're on or off. I know that can be uh, very important if you're trying to troubleshoot the machine. Um, I've been working with that on my digital twin I'm building for the school and uh, getting the LEDs so you can see them all from the control panel. Very important if you want to understand what the machine's doing. Um, they also are very, very precise, high repeatability up to three kilohertz, um, unified slot width of five millimeters, and they even include, uh, if you want it, you can get it with a four pin M8 plug. So that's, uh, that's great if you're standardized on M8s. So I wanted to share that with you this morning. We also have a new high flow solenoid valve from Emerson, okay? This is the ASCO Series 327C, and this is designed for high flow. Okay, so if you're looking for a new, uh, you know, control valve, solenoid valve, right? Um, you might want to check this one out. I was looking down here, a lot of information on it. I think the one thing that really stood out to me too was that it not only supports uh, a wide temperature range of minus 60 to plus 90 degrees Celsius, it also is SIL3 capable. So uh, definitely a uh, impressive uh, solenoid valve there from Emerson. Then over the positile, again, uh, you know, I was giving them a little grief at Automation Fair about only doing a monthly newsletter. And now we have another announcement from them. This is actually came out while I was at the fair. And this is about their new generation of IX Art kit encoders, okay? So um, these are their, uh, you know, I guess some of the high points of this is higher resolution, more stable performance, more compact form factor, better protection from dust and moisture, and simplified installation. So you can check that out. And again, all links are over at automate.news or will be this afternoon. From there, we go over the Rex for us and they've announced that they've expanded their aluminum structural framing. Okay, so a lot of people call this extruded aluminum or T-slotted aluminum. We have, we use it quite a bit here in our test stands for, on the, for the stuff we do on the workbench. And uh, we actually will have lessons on, we had some preliminary lessons. We got more lessons coming on that. Um, I'm not gonna build the, uh, the, the the new test stand until I'm done filming all the all the overhead camera pictures of the of the products, but we will be adding lessons uh, on how, what we do and how we build our system to all the ultimate courses. But in any case, so if you look here, they added inch ten and inch fifteen series to their portfolio. Uh, from there, a product that I think. Uh, um, well, let me start out at the top here. You can see I was just reading this right before the show started. Um, this is new products for November. Uh, as detailed in Profi News, this link got lost in my daily link of views. So this actually was published November 1st and I did not cover it because of all the craziness getting ready for the Siemens and Rockwell events. But it's back on the list again. And uh, the first product they're highlighting today in Profi News is a smart lithium battery with ProfiNet built in. And this is great for if you have an AGV or AMR and it's a Siemens system, you wanna communicate via ProfiNet built into the uh, lithium ion battery. So um, from there we go over to a new uh, M12 uh, nano series of ultrasonic sensors from Microsonic with IO-Link. And then this one, I thought this one was interesting. This is from Wago. I did not see this on the Wago site, but this is a new four point IO-Link master. And this new one has a larger uh, process image up to 48 bytes. 
So, and you can do up to 32 bytes per transmission. So if you're using the old one and that was frustrating, like the memory limitations, you can check this a new one out from Wago. And then a product we, uh, we are very familiar with here on the Automation Morning Show and at Insights and Automation, the IND360 from Metla Toledo. I get to say a quick hi to Jeff when I was at Automation Fair. I wish I could have stopped and spent more time with him and Mitch. But uh, I really enjoyed this episode of the Automation Podcast. If you're wondering what episode that was, it was uh, Podcast 169. And uh, this guy, now this does not just connect to Metla Toledo load cells. This can connect to, if I remember correctly, any load cell. So, uh, and you can even upgrade it so it's like a mini HMI as well. So just, uh, I, I think Jeff did a great job in the, uh, in the presentation as well. So in any case, if you want to know more about that uh, weighing indicator, check that out. From there, um, I wanted to go right into our uh, featured guide of today. And today we're featuring our Compact Logics guide over at theautomationblog.com. You can get all of the guides here from the guides menu. And um, over 150 now different pieces of free content, free articles and free videos on using the Compact Logics. And what's new about the guides are I've ordered them from simplest to more complex. So you can see here at the beginning, let me zoom in, zoom in for those who you, of you who are watching. You know, we have a big audio audience now. I want to say hi to everybody who's listening to the show on maybe iTunes or Google Podcasts or Spotify or one of those many places that we cover, you know, Amazon Music and so on. Um, we've had over 30,000 downloads of the show. I was just kind of blown away. So thank you to everybody who listens on the audio side. We really do appreciate you guys as well. And uh, for that audio audience, you can see here, uh, starting with number six in the index, we have the L20 and L30 I just talked about, the L3X, L23, L4X, and so on. So, and then as you get down the guide here, you find articles and videos about duplicating rungs. And now these are shared between the Control Logics and Compact Logics guides because it's generic, it's just Studio 5000, right? And as we go down further, we'll see things about, um, you know, alias tags, logics instructions, uh, sample code and so on, plant PAX, messaging and so on. So in any case, that is our featured guide for today. From there, we go over to some articles, a lot of new articles today. This one is the first one I'll cover is one from Schneider Electric. And this talks about how smart design and engineer engineering optimizes project execution for system integrators. And I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, it's a light read, but they talk about industry 4.0 and they really start going into the ecostructure process expert. So, uh, you know, this is more on the distributed control side. And they talk about project management, they talk about design and configuration, they talk about testing and commissioning, and as well as documentation and reporting. And uh, this reminds me, we are doing, I think it's tomorrow, we are meeting up with Schneider to do a fourth episode of the show with them, uh, uh, this time on VFDs, I believe. So um, in any case, we are also meeting up with Siemens to learn about their new VFDs. Man, it's gonna be uh, VFDs all day, uh, all, all uh, day tomorrow. But in any case, uh, we love getting the vendors on. We really appreciate them coming on and talking about their automation products. And um, we want to cover all the major vendors. And so uh, shout out to Schneider and Siemens for their support. Uh, from there, we have another article from Schneider. This one is uh, energy waste to energy savings. And um, I thought this was a very interesting article. And of course, you know, wasting energy, especially they talk about in this article, the projected shortfall of natural gas in Europe this winter. You know, we all know what's going on in Europe and how uh, how messed up uh, that area is, especially Eastern Europe. 
But in any case, uh, we can just pray for peace. But um, until then, we have to have energy, right? And so if there's an energy shortfall, the best thing we can do is be more efficient. Shut down things we don't need running and uh, so on. So this article really goes through that and talks about, you know, measuring consumption, active energy management, right? Automating the systems and then monitoring the systems. And this, these are not things we haven't talked about before, but I think they made some good points about implementing dashboards, uh, unified end-to-end -end visibility. So you just don't want to see the panel meter, you know, the power meter on the system. You want to be able to see it from your desk as well, right? So you want to be able to, that information to be available so you can truly monitor what's going on in your plant as far as energy consumption. And so I thought they made a very good point. I did not watch the video down here. Typically their videos are very good, but um, you can check that out if that's an article that would interest you. Uh, from there we go over to Pills. Now they had a new article and we've seen similar articles like this in the past, but this one talks about dynamic zone switching uh, for uh, mobile robots, right? And so they go into the, some of the products that they make that they feel are great for mo mobile robots, AGVs, uh, AMRs, and so on. And that includes their small safety controller, the PNAS Multi-2. We were talking about that earlier in the week. As well as their safety laser scanner, the PSENSE scan. We've talked about that in the past. They also have security uh, firewalls um, and other devices that you can put on your AMRs and AGVs. So this article kind of walks through those and then provides links to all the other, uh, you know, products that they talked about. From there, we go over to Yaskawa, right? Haven't had a new article from them in a little while. And uh, I thought this was very interesting though. It's like, what can small, hmm, let me, let me try that again. What can small welding work cells do for you? And so we've seen, you know, welding and robotics has been around for, well, since industrial robots, right? It's one of the main things robots have done but a lot of smaller cells haven't been using robotics. And they talk about the advantages of allowing robots to do uh, small welding jobs, right? Not just the big ones. And uh, so in any case, they talk about um, it helps you utilize your floor space better by having a smaller robot. Um, it lowers your cost of entry because you're buying a smaller system to do welding versus a very large system, right? And um, they say it complements existing work cells, and that's always important because you don't want to you don't want to disturb the flow of your manufacturing facility just to add some new technology, and that doesn't make any sense, right? And so the, I'm not going to go through all the bullet points in the article, but if you're interested in robotic wel welding, especially small cell welding, uh, check that article out. From there, another article. This one is from Aviva. Let me get rid of these things, and um, this talks about cloud collaboration and innovation and this is kind of a light-hearted article talking about you know what makes engineers happy and how you can uh leverage current technologies right to uh get everybody uh you know to be more productive and make things uh the workflows work better and so i thought that was interesting i'm not going to go into it but you can imagine access to the cloud access to be able to collaborate on projects easy easily you know, versus sneaker net or, uh, or just uh, shared files on a network share. Um, they go into that. They go into collaboration, extending that, digital twins. They talk about um, innovation. They also talk about um, inclusivity. And a lot of times when we think inclusivity, we're thinking um, virtual signaling, right? But there's a lot of things, especially with terminology, that need to be improved. Like uh, last week at the show, they were talking about the word user, right? So 
Even from my early days as a preteen, the word user, computer user, or application user, program user, I always thought it was a weird name, right? And you go back to the, the movie Tron, right? The users, the users, right? And so, uh, in any case, changing words like that, that don't translate very well into other languages, right? Um, and replacing maybe user with a person or people, um, you know, that can have a big effect not only on, you know, the younger generation understanding what's being talked about, but also it makes it easier to translate to other languages. So I, I thought this article uh, was very interesting, so I wanted to share it with you. From there, we go over to Profi News, another article I missed, um, getting ready for the shows, but these, this is an excellent article. If you use ProfiNet and you're talking about uh, uh, ProfiNet safety or ProfiSafe, check this article out. It's a great introductory article to ProfiNet application profiles like ProfiSafe. And so I learned something from reading this. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of information in here about ProfiSafe and how that is an added layer onto, on top of ProfiNet and how it works. And I thought this uh, graph down here, I'm gonna skip a bunch of the article here and come down to this graph. I thought this was very interesting to see how, you know, all the things they're trying to avoid, like repetition, uh, insertion by, you know, maybe a hacker inserting packets, resequencing, data corruption, delay, masquerading, again, talking about people trying to do harm to your system, and so on, and how the, uh, how the application takes care of this and avoids any of this from happening. And so I thought that was very interesting and, uh, you know, if you're into uh, safety networks or safety over Ethernet, you probably enjoy this article as well. From there, uh, one more thing, and I really want to follow this topic more in 2024, is SRCI. Okay, what does that stand for? Well, that stands for, I'm going to find it here, it stands for a standard... Uh, <laughs> this is what happens uh, when it's early in the morning and you're co coffee deprived. Deprived. This, taught, this is a standard robot command interface. Standard robot command interface. And so we've talked about this actually very early in the year we talked about this. The problem being that, you know, up until now, if you want to implement a robot with your control system, with your PLC, PAC, you typically, every different robot vendor had a different interface you had to use, right? And so what the standard robot command interface does is it tries to eliminate that. It tries to get all the robotic vendors and all the PLC vendors on the same page to use a standard interface because you're going to use the best in breed robot. You're not just going to standardize on a single robot from a single manufacturer. You want to use the best one for the application. And so they're really pushing this. This is something that the, the Profi folks are trying to push. And I think it's a very good trend. I'd like to see more and more of this in the future. I know there's some competing standards in the, in the works as well. But uh, in any case, if you want to, like, this is really like an intro, intro to SRCI. So if you want to, uh, if you're interested in that, check that out. I, I definitely think it is, like they say here, a win-win-win for robot automation. Now, from there, we're going over to events. And there is a new event coming up from obviously MDT. Now, we did record an episode of the Automation Podcast with them. They did a great demo. Look for that in December. But in any case... Um, this is, uh, this is great. If you have TI Portal S7s and you want to do automated backup, they're doing a webinar on this on November 24th. I will be on vacation, but this is November 24th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. So check that out. And um, that, that I don't know what day that is. What day is that next week? Let me look. 
because I know I will be on vacation for Thanksgiving week. Typically, I don't go away for Thanksgiving, so that's the Friday after Thanksgiving. So if you're bored, if your relatives are dropping you nuts, check out this, uh, check out this webinar. Um, but in any case, uh, I, I typically don't go away for Thanksgiving week. I usually get a lot done here because it's a slower week for us. But uh, we're getting the whole family together uh, down uh, at my daughter's house in North Carolina. So I'm really looking forward to seeing all my grandkids and seeing, um, seeing my kids, all my kids. And um, my dad's going to be with us and my brother and my brother-in-law coming over. They're uh, ex-Marines living there, the Marine base. So um, it's going to be a great time. But in any case, uh, oh, I do want to say uh, hi to Frank. Yeah, he's, he, he threw out some uh, terminology. User, client, master, server. Yeah. Um, so in any case, uh, so this is November 24th, it's 10 a.m. Again, if Friday after Thanksgiving you are, uh, you, you need some work, I, I, I question the timing of that, but who knows? They could have a big turnout because everybody's off. Uh, from there we go over to a new video from, I know I have to do this every morning, a new video from Emerson. I thought this one was really good and it's strange because I don't know why I liked it so much. But this particular one that I picked here, and I always have to look here for the title, is this is the assembly of oh you know what and this is this is kind of some of the behind the scenes things i got you got to click through all those things and then you got to sort it and then you got to go to languages so this is the stuff i try to hide from you every morning um but in any case this is how to assemble assemble an electric actuator and i don't know why i like this so much but it it just is let me mute it here so we don't get interrupted but I just thought it was just a very well done video. And it just shows you how to, uh, let me back up a little bit. It shows you the whole assembly process. I thought they did it. I, I'm not a big fan of these background anim animations. I think it detracts from it a little bit. But the, the voiceover, I believe it's a British accent, if I remember from watching it this morning. But I thought the graphics and everything, it's just like a case study for doing a great assembly video. So uh, in any case, I wanted to share that with you. Also, we'll go over to the Automation Podcast at theautomationblog.com. Uh, we had a great podcast uh, last week while I was at Automation Fair. We released the um, Single Point Load Cell with IO-Link uh, podcast from Matla Toledo. I really enjoyed it. Um, really a game changer, right? Mitch, Mitch really explains how it changes the game for load cells, and I couldn't agree more. Um, also, today, we have the Red Lion episode coming out where we talk about IEC 62443, and zones and conduits. And I had a great conversation with Barry on that. And then we roll into their product, the RA10C, which we have covered on the show before. And a really excellent episode, 3.30, look for it on all platforms. And uh, we may even get it out at three o'clock. Sometimes we release at three o'clock on the automation blog so it, can, so it can get out to all the audio audiences. I know we are, I think we're at 130,000 downloads of the podcast. We have by and far, thanks to you, the audience, have made the automation podcast the number one industrial automation podcast in the world. We thank you guys so much. It is such a pleasure to be able to interview people every week and uh, and get them on the show. So thank you, everybody who watches the podcast. Really appreciate you guys and everybody who watches the show as well. So with that, I'm just looking at the time here. Um, there is, for downloads over at Siemens website, there's a new PLC content update pack version 1.0 for AutoCAD Electrical. So if you're using AutoCAD Electrical, Check that out in Siemens products. Check that out. We also have some new manuals here. We have a new manual from Emerson on the Spence type VH210 electronic actuator pilot. And 
They also had a new manual on the Micromotion G-Series flow and density meters. Then if we go over to Siemens, we got a new industrial ethernet switch uh, manuals. These were both updated. This is the web-based management manual. And then we also have the command line manual. So if you're using the Siemens managed switches, you might want to check that out. And from there, the final uh, thing we'll talk about today, the final article is um, from IEEE Spectrum. This is in our science and technology section, other science and technology section. And uh, I thought this was extremely interesting about these new speaker chips, okay? So they go through how a, like a normal earbuds and speakers work, which I think we're all familiar with that. But then they start talking about speaker chips and how they use ultrasonics to generate the audio we hear. And I just thought it was very interesting. Um, for the sake of time, I won't go into it, but uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, check it out. It was very well written and a very interesting article about this. And we'll probably start seeing these come out mid to late 2024. And uh, the, they're just going to be, uh, you know, less expensive and have a higher uh, dynamic range and more, more um, they're going to be able to get louder and have better uh, sound canceling. So very interesting stuff. And with that, I want to thank Siemens again for sponsoring the show. And also, if you think I missed any news, please send in the news tip uh, form here. You can just click on news tip on any of the sites and you'll get this form. Also want to thank everybody who's following us. I noticed we picked up a couple of new followers overnight over at automation.locals.com. I still owe an answer to some questions that have come in. I just got buried yesterday afternoon, but uh, with getting the podcast ready. But after I get both uh, this week's and next next week's podcast is awesome too. I'm going to try to schedule it to come out on Monday instead of Wednesday because I know a lot of people only work, working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. So uh, we'll see about that. But I had a fun, great conversation with John Garner from uh, CNC Broach 2 and Manufacturing Local about manufacturing. It was fun, real fun. Uh, with that, also want to thank everybody who picked up a copy of my ebooks or video collections, as well as our coffee cups and t-shirts. I appreciate you guys. Every penny goes back into the show. Every penny of profit goes back into the show. And then finally, just a reminder that every single link I covered today will be, will find its way up to automate.news later today. You can see here all yesterday's links of everything we covered and quite a bit of link, links yesterday. There'll be a lot more links up there today. Every link from every show, from all 140 plus shows we've done this year, you'll find at automate.news. And with that, we ran a little late today, 8.02. But in any case, I do want to wish you all an awesome day. And I want to encourage you to stay courageous and stay fearless always. And until next time, my friends, peace.